Hello and welcome to Green Planet of Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists who are committed to planetary purpose, or in other words, holistic reasons for planet Earth. My name is Julian Guderlei, and in today's episode, I'm hosting an interview with Justin Livingston. Justin is the CEO and co-founder of Lucrative Luminary International, a company that specializes in helping hundreds and hundreds of retreat and seminar leaders around the globe. He fosters social change with different impact entrepreneurs online and offline. He's an absolute expert in the art and science of ethical selling, marketing, and conscious business building. In fact, he's the go-to resource for the most successful transformational leaders and conscious business owners on the planet. He's also a former MMA fighter, and he's dedicated to fighting the underdog and leveling the business playing field by helping heart-based entrepreneurs create a successful, lucrative, sustainable business that actually reaches the people they are meant to serve. And so with these words, without any further ado, welcome to the show, Justin. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's dope to have hey, you on the line. I, uh, that's the first time I've ever heard you pronounce your own name. I loved it. <laughs> nice. Well, you what? can say Julian. That's fine for me, but it's Julian. Yeah, that's what I say. Yeah, yeah. So where's the, um, when you say your name, you go back to like pretty good accent there. Where's it from? <laughs> um, I think it's an accumulation of the whole globe at that point. I grew up in Germany, though. I was born okay. close to Munich. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you must tap into the you, you tap into the the German accent a little stronger when you pronounce your name. That's great. Yeah, yeah, I can I can switch it on and off. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, it, it serves an entertainment purpose sometimes when you can switch <laughs> the accent on just on pressing the button. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, well done. Yeah, uh, that's an unusual intro for an episode, but I love it, man. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> So you're, you're a man of many skills. You, you're good at spotting accents. You're, you've been an MMA fighter, which is, which is kind of a crazy thing to do, especially considering that you're now really helping conscious business leaders become better at playing business or building business from a conscious angle. So yeah. maybe, maybe tell us a little bit about that journey, like from whatever adversities you had to face to, to reach that kind of freedom. Well, I'll tell you, you know, it's interesting now be, that, um, you know, been working, well, Lucrative Loomery has been around, shoot, more than 10 years now. So 11 or 12 years, something like that. And uh, so anyway, I've been in a, in a community of, it's very, it's a very feminine community. It's a very woo-woo, spiritual, touchy-feely kind of a, a group that makes up our client base. And uh, so when people find out that I used to be a, like a professional fighter, they, um, they're, they're, they're surprised. Let's put it that way. <laughs> they're like, what? You used to try to beat people up, which, uh, you know, part of me wants to try to prove, yeah, I'm still, you know, some tough guy or whatever. So I, you know, I try to, sometimes that puts me into, uh, you know, whatever, feeling like I've got to show that I'm a tough guy or something like that. But yeah, people, uh, people definitely surprised by it. So I get a kick out of that. Um, yeah, definitely. I would say that, uh, coming from that background, um, probably positions me a little better than most with regards to, you know, the entrepreneurial kind of, uh, thick skin, basically, you know, the ability to, um, you know, I, I don't have an aversion to getting knocked down on whatever mm. just get back up, you know? And, um, which obviously, I mean, you know, well, that, I mean, that's, pretty much the name of the game, right? 
Yeah, I think it's it's not what most of us would love it to be, but if we talk about business and <laughs> yeah. entrepreneurship, it's part of yeah. the, the the skill one one has to learn. I feel is resilience, and just to be honest, like it's not always been easy for myself because I I'm a hypersensitive being. I you know it, mm. it's amazing for interpersonal relationships, but sometimes for business, it it never really seemed to make sense for me why we 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 run this uh, planetary ship the way we do. But that's why I do what I do, so we can we can yeah. tell new stories, you know. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, myself, I don't r- relate to the, myself personally of being like a, a hyper sensitive, um, but uh, definitely getting more and more familiar with, with that, you know, with regards to the community that we've established and, and the people, you know, like yourself that I tend to be around a lot. And uh, yeah, one of the things, and I, I have not to say that you would necessarily relate to this, but one of the things I found that's unfortunate about that is um, that uh, in, in our, in our culture and in, in business and whatnot, like it's, it's kind of built um, to have that, you know, where it, it's just put it this way. It's not automatic that when people go out to create some new vision, you know, they, they want to create a new normal in, in their reality. Right. And it's going to be an entrepreneurial venture of some kind or, or even otherwise. Um, it just seems like human beings aren't, aren't wired to naturally be supportive of people when they witness that. Like when someone is kind of like, I don't know, I, I think we're probably more um, like evolved to be pack animals probably. And so everyone's supposed to be kind of doing the same thing, you know, marching in the same line. and. Uh, when people kind of spit, spin off to go do their thing to make the world a better place in however way, shape, or form they want to do that, generally speaking, uh, that's not immediately met with support and like, yay, you go. And uh, that, I've, I've found, is particularly uh, problematic for empaths and sensitive people. And the, the, uh, the real kind of, uh, the worst part of that in my opinion, is that uh, those types of people, I think, are the leading edge of evolution right now. Like those are the people that are actually doing, uh, are actually creating and and providing the very transformation that we all crave and need. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's um, in, in certain aspects, um, the, the very people that are best positioned to create the change that we all want are the very people that are getting the least amount of support to actually go and do it. And uh, anyway, I just find that to be particularly It's super interesting <laughs> and curious. It's very unfortunate in, in a straightforward way of looking at it. And then at the same time, I feel like that's, that's really what's wanting to birth in this world right now, like hubs of innovation where different ways of being, different ways of thinking and different ways of culturally creating something uh have a place to live and breathe right and and, yeah and this is also why i'm having you on because i think you you've really created a niche there for yourself or like a a whole community of people that that really started well picking up what you're putting down because it is uh you know maybe a cliche but we we need help and we need support when we want to go really far like doing things alone isn't always the, the best choice and so especially sensitive people and i can 
oh man, if I, if I had more help in the business ideas I, I had and people didn't look at me like uh, an educated, strong, tall man who would just be able to handle it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was able to handle it, but it wasn't, everything I touched wasn't a, a success uh, out of many different business failures that, that, that I committed in that sense. And mm-hmm. um, I learned lots and it made me richer <laughs> in other ways. Yeah. Um, but certainly people with very savvy business experience, um, yeah, I sometimes would have wished when I was a little younger that they would just, and even today, I still sometimes hope for it uh, in my more naive moments that people would just turn around and be like, oh, I see you. This mm-hmm. is what you're doing. Let me help you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. We don't seem to be wired that way. But one of the things uh, I do believe, which I think you were referring to there a moment ago, is that um, that communities are propping up to support, you know, like in our case, we've built one of those, but we're not the only ones, you know. These um, these communities are sprouting up, and yeah, I agree with you that it's it it it's the way that things want to go, and um, yeah, hopefully that process becomes accelerated. Right, right. there there seems yeah. to be a direction or a trajectory of of consciousness or evolution, and no matter what's holding it back or how strong the opposition seem, that direction seems to be one of the the big things I at least have to trust and faith for. Yeah. Justin, I have a question for you. If you were, if you were to go back a few years, let's, let's just say when you were 20, right? Mm-hmm. What, mm. what, th- what three 20, lessons? That's a, okay, that's more than a few years ago. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> back when I'm 20. Hey, that's interesting. I just got referred a book yeah. and I ordered it from Amazon. It just showed up at my house yesterday and it's called what I, what I Wish I Knew When I Was 20. That's the name of the book. That's literally my question to you. What, what, right. what do you know now? Like if you were to distill it to three uh, lessons mm-hmm. that, that you, your 20-year-old self could have like really used. Well, I'll tell you what. I, now that you've asked that question, I really wish I had read the book already. I'd probably have a super smart answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's a couple things and I don't know. Um, I'm just going to, you know, just share what comes to my, my mind. I'm not, I'm not even sure that it'll be business specifically, but... Um, I believe that the, the, the number one realization that any human being can have, um, and I'll just speak for myself, I guess it's the number one realization I feel that I've had is, um, is the, uh, the concept that when something, I would just speak for myself, when something upsets me, I, I like to use the word trigger because a lot of People in our community use that word. When something upsets me, right? I get sad, I get mad, I get frustrated, whatever. Um, the realization that it's not the thing that I think it is. It's not the outside stimulus that's cr- creating that. It's what I'm making it mean about myself. And so, you know, if, if wow. let's say you were, you were to say powerful. something, if you were to say something right now and it, like, mm. it made me feel defensive and kind of angry, I got mad that you asked me the question it would the realization that I would hopefully have <laughs> in the moment is that um, that it's me feeling insecure about the answer to that question that has me feel bad that you asked it not the fact that you asked it isn't all that relevant um, and and I, I believe that that's uh, I think it's the number one um, realization for people to have in definitely in in significant relationships you know family relationships and with um, you know, committed uh, romantic relationships, but um, even in the lesser relationships of the world, like business and and um, and stuff like that, still significant relationships. But um, 
you know, I, yeah, I think that's the most important thing. So definitely if I had to, if I could, you know, just wave a wand, I would have had that realization mm. earlier in my life, you know, and not, um, not what amounts to just acting really immature in a lot of different social and business contexts, you know, uh, just due to not having that awareness, I'd say that's the big one. Um, secondly, I think, uh, another big one for me with regards to business, um, but outside of business too, uh, a realization that I had maybe four years ago or something like it was fairly recently. Uh, I just, I had the awareness of how much of my life was driven by trying to prove that I'm smart, that mm -hmm. I'm capable and that, That's and, um, yeah. And trying to accomplish things and make sure that I got the accolades for doing those things. And, um, I had the realization of what, of, of the awareness of how that actually makes me feel day to day, which is unpleasant to say the least. Um, but then in a business context, what that led to was the realization of what really great leadership is. And that sent me on a different trajectory of, of what I was trying to learn and, and, and how I was trying to better myself in the world of business. You know, I used to be all about being better at selling and marketing and scaling and advertising and all of these things, which is fine. And then um, through this process, I had the realization, well, shoot, I don't want to be, uh, I, I don't care if I'm a one of the world's greatest marketers. I don't care how great at sales I am. I need to be really phenomenal at leadership. That's, that's the area of study that that's what I want to be the best I can possibly be. And, um, and for me, it, it one of the, the things about that was that it can't be about me trying to prove what I can accomplish because it has to be about championing others. The way to, to, I believe to build a really great team is to feel like, everything that we're accomplishing that they feel that they own those things. They're the ones that are creating all of this magic and getting all of these results. If they think that I'm the magical one, that's going to be, you know, extremely limiting. I, I love I, what you're saying, brother. I, I feel like maybe you could have said that to my 20 year old self as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I had it in a, a, right around that time we were in a team meeting one time yeah. and uh, we were talking about this upcoming launch that we were doing. And there was some, I don't remember what the thing was, but there was some, there was some riddle to it or something that we had to make a decision on. And the COO of our company said, um, ah, it'll all work out. Everything that Justin touches turns to gold. And everyone kind of chuckled. And now, okay, she, she meant that as a compliment, right? So I don't begrudge her for saying that. But in the moment I knew, oh, wow, I've set a very poor context here from a leadership perspective because mm -hmm. all of these people think that all of these wonderful things that we're doing are because of me. And that's a not true at all. And two, extremely limiting. Yeah. Because I create a, a culture where if there was a problem, the, the, the mentality was that I was the one to figure it out. Whereas instead of empowering them to know that they can figure it out, you know, to, just to put it simply, but yeah. Um, that was that's, a big that's uh, huge big man i i mean I'll, I'll park that right there i'll come back to conscious leadership and that in a, in a second i know i asked you for three so if you have one more please please i said two right yeah um what would be the third one well yeah I, to me one of the things i've really tried to i feel like i learned for myself and then have been really stressing with clients over the past four or five years 
um, is that kind of the idea that we're all here to do what we're all here to do, right? Like I, I think that in in the world that I live in of teaching business and and people trying to be or being inspirational and you know posting content everywhere and and trying to be influential or being influential. Um, I think that one of the ways that that steers people wrong is that it it leads people to believe that that success looks a certain way. And the reality is, I think that one of the fundamental things for, for entrepreneurs, for sure, but for anyone is to be aware, like to be totally aware and honest with yourself, what do you actually want? What is it that you want to build and build that? You know, what, what's the experience that you want your life to be? Well, the, the degree to which you nail that experience is the degree to which you're successful. Not, a, not whether or not, obviously, you own a helicopter or a boat or can, you know, and I know for me, especially in the hyper growth uh, mo mode of the previous business, I definitely got caught up in, you know, trying to do these launches that would gross millions of dollars over a few days. And, and um, you know, like a common thing people talk about with vanity metrics, right? Like being able to, hey, our business is doing this and this is so quickly it's growing. You know, meanwhile, it's, you know, the margins half as much as it was you know, when we were half as doing half as much revenue or whatever, you know? Um, but anyway, the point is, yeah, just to be, just to have that awareness of what it is that you actually want. And that's what success is. You know, it's not about, uh, um, there's no, you can't, you can't compete against somebody else for this idea of success. If that, if you, to whatever degree you're doing that, and I definitely have done that, then you're, you know, when I was doing that, I was never going to achieve the thing that I wanted to achieve, right? Mm. That's such a beautiful notion, especially when we um, widen the notion of success and include others and the planet possibly into our success matrix, yeah. right? Because it, it just, it doesn't become a comparative game. It turns into a collaborative equation and then you're in a complete new paradigm. Totally. Yeah. I had one time I, I was speaking on this gentleman's stage and I, this was years ago. Goodness, this was probably about eight years ago. I'll say his, his name's Jesse Corn. If anyone happens to know who that is, uh, it's a company called um, Thrive. He and his wife Charlotte—they're super amazing people. Anyway, they were clients of mine back in the day, and I was speaking at one of their events. And I, I don't remember. I said some comment or whatever that kind of rubbed him the wrong way. I don't remember what it was. And uh, so we were backstage uh, later in the event, talking it out. And I was—I had made some point about, well, look, you know, we got to do what's best. You know, there's me and then there's, you know, whoever the other party is, in this case, you, we got to, you know, we're going to do whatever works for both of us, something like that. And, and his point was, well, what about everyone else? Like, what about the community? What about the world? Like he, he, this, the way that he phrased it, he painted this picture. And I realized that, oh, I've never operated that way. I've never actually taken the time to consider what's, what's the impact on what I'm doing or some decision outside of the parties that are directly involved. And um, yeah, that rocked my world pretty good. That was about eight years ago. I've never forgotten that Beautiful. conversation. Thanks for sharing I, that. I think yeah, that makes I, it very I, real. Yeah, I, I, I'll say I've never forgotten the impact. I, I don't remember at all exactly what it was we we're specifically talking about, but it, uh, yeah, it uh, changed my life for sure. 
That's powerful because I think, you know, a lot of people that are fairly aware but don't really feel drawn to power or massive uh, impact sometimes sit around watching the news or watching what's happening in the world and like hoping, wishing for the leaders of the world having those realizations of realizing, oh, but what if there was a triple win possible? Yeah. What if I could win, you could win, and the entire planet could win? What, what if that was the only way we, we come to think, right? Yeah. But I think then we're, we're venturing um, kind of into like very conscious behavior, even, even beyond just a short-term gain. And, and, and so we, we just parked this idea of conscious leadership and training for conscious leadership because um, you shared some really powerful insights there. What, what, made you, what made you decide that that's your path? Like, was it just like a purpose and an inner knowing that you're like, I, that's what I want to do? Or was it just a great business opportunity at the time? You know what? Like, how I got into uh, this area of business was actually, um, I was fighting at the time. So full-time, that was my life. But I, so, I don't know, for people that know anything about uh, mixed martial arts and you know, what they called MMA or what they used to call cage fighting or no-holds-barred fighting, uh, back when I did it, um, there's there's decent money in it now. Like you know, it's not like boxing or whatever, but the or hockey or basketball or anything like that. But the fighters can the the good ones can make a living at it. Well, back when I was doing it, that wasn't the case. Um, you know, like uh, most I ever got paid for a fight, I think it was like two thousand dollars or something. Which you know, back then when my friends knew that, like what? you just, you were in there for like 10 minutes and you made two grand. Wow. That's amazing. You know, it's like, dude, I trained for six months for that. That's not <laughs> amazing. Like that's yeah. horrible. Um, so I wanted to be able to train full time and to maintain that. Um, but I was in a new relationship and we we're talking about getting married in these days. So I was like, okay, well, um, obviously at some point I have to, I have to earn a living here. So, um, how it started for me was I just thought, well, I have to get into sales because that's the only way that I have a chance of being able to, to make enough money to live on, but not, you know, have it have a minimal impact on my training schedule. And that was the gist of it. Like that was, that was the beginning of, of, of the, of the trajectory of, of where my career has gone. And it didn't start with any kind of vision of helping anybody do anything. It was just, you know, how do I keep fighting? That was it. Got it. Yeah, that's that's very interesting because you know sometimes it's small moments like that 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 change the life of then thousands and thousands of people like a few years later. Yeah, and the funny thing is, like once I once I got into it, and uh, you know, a few things happened. It was only a few short years later that I stopped training entirely because I was full on entrepreneur. You know, mm. and just didn't have the didn't have the time to go to the gym. I I was away from fighting for eight years. I didn't go back until uh, 2013. I started training again. So I still train now and I teach a lot. But, uh, mm. but yeah, for eight, 2005 through 2013, whatever, whatever eight years is, um, I was uh, <laughs> just, just building my business, nothing else. And you did really well with that. Um, Justin, I have another question. You mentioned earlier about like having a thick skin and business and how like being a fighter kind of helped a little bit with that. Um, my question is, what is required for you to experience trust? Mm. Wow. Um, whoa, what a question. To experience trust. Yeah, you know, well, one of the things, uh, I'm, 
I'm hyper aware of people's language. I always have been. I don't know why. I think um, I, I suspect, you know, I can't know other people's experience, of course, but I suspect that I'm very observant relative to most people. Could be true. I don't know. Um, but one of the things I, I, I believe is that people with their body language and their use of verbiage, people tell you who they are all the time. And, mm. uh, so one of the things, um, yeah, it's rampant in the communities that I drive me crazy, but so a lot of thing is well, one thing that as an example is that people will often, I'll meet people in our space, other leaders or whatever, and they'll, they'll feel it's really important for me to know. And they'll tell me specifically how authentic they are. That's super important to them. That to me is a huge flag. I don't trust those people. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't trust people that feel that they, that feel the need to, uh, to attempt to directly tell me who they are with their specific words. Because mm. those things are usually, I find, from a defensive mechanism. It's a mask, right? This is they're 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 telling me this is who I think I'm supposed to be. I find to me that as again, this word authentic is like what does that even mean, right? But it's just a weird word people use sometimes. But in that context, um, you know, I find that the people that really are that they just they just ooze that all the time. They don't ever mention it right um it's super common in our space for people to overtly say all the time that they're not about the money mm. i find that those are the people that are the most money motivated and what they do are the ones that saying that they don't right the ones that aren't motivated are just that they're off making decisions that aren't based on necessarily how much money they make or whatever you know and to me it's not even i don't you know your values are your values you live your life and do what you want to do but um you know, I, I uh, you know, people who go out of their way to say that they're being honest in a specific moment, you know, like, well, to be honest, and then they, I ask them a question and say, well, to tell you the truth, it's like, well, what are you doing the rest of the time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, That's an interesting one for sure. Yeah. For me, I, I, I like uh, what ends up, like, I all, I mean, I'm answering the opposite question, what I don't trust, but for me, what it, what it all boils down to with regards to trust for me is just congruence, you know, like just do, do an act in the way that you are professing to be like, just be the same. You know, if you're the mm. same, then I trust, like, I, and I don't even care so much. It's not about if somebody were to say, um, you know, someone is all about the money, let's say. Okay. I don't begrudge that at all. As long as they're congruent, that's fine. Now, I can trust that because I trust their decisions. And when they tell me something, if it's in alignment, I can trust that that's true and can act accordingly. But it's, it's when they're pretending to be something else that I can't trust that now, regardless right. of what they say. Do you know what I mean? I totally hear you. It's like a form of consistency and integrity, right? Totally. That, that allows which is Interesting. I, I love so, this question because I feel trust is one of those experiences that... Um, in my own words, I just, I just believe there, there is a lot more reason to trust in the world and, and uh, we need more trust in order to move from the society we have into whatever next stage we, we are capable of. Yeah. 
You know, yeah, it's funny. I don't know this. I, I'll say this, but I, I, uh, I run the risk of uh, taking this on a tangent here or maybe even triggering people. I don't know. But I, I like to think of things in terms, often, in terms of masculine and feminine. Some people like that. Some people don't. I don't know. To me, it just makes things easier sometimes. And it is not about men and women per se, because I believe we all have both of those and some have more, some or the other, whatever. But it's an interesting thing. I'm just, I think I've been aware of this before, but when you ask that question, I immediately had the realization that it's, I, for me, I only need to trust the masculine part of any one of us or, and when we're, when we're in discussions or in actions that are more masculine, that I don't need to trust the feminine at all. I feel like, um, and it's not to say that I don't or whatever I say, I don't need to like for me, I, I, um, I love the, the one of the things I, I love about the feminine is how erratic it can be and how unpredictable it can be. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so it's the, to me, that's the opposite of trust, but it's not like not, I don't say that in a bad way. Like you can't trust. I'm definitely not saying you can't trust women or something crazy like that. <laughs> not at all. But uh, yeah, you're not saying that. That's all right. Um, anyway, I don't even know really what the point is other than I just had that realization. And that might be something to, interesting to uh, unpack I, at some time. I think it is. Point. It is somewhat interesting. And, you know, uh, just, just to share my truth with you, I, I love when, when there is a healthy amount of trigger in an interaction. Because trigger isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, we could go into that rabbit hole now for a long time, but yeah. the way I'm understanding you is that integrity with one's own word and st like acting the way, uh, I might be butchering this in English, but acting the way your mouth goes or something like that, right? You know, like- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, a masculine quality within whatever gender. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, and, and so that's something, yeah, I, I feel you there. Like- it's hard for me when I don't do what I say. I actually have oh, a hard yeah. time with myself when that happens. Mm -hmm. And when other people around me do that too often, I get super turned off. Um, yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. Little things it's like so random, right? Yeah. Like to me, I don't know if you have this experience, but for me, even hitting the snooze button in the morning has that impact because I gave my words when I set my alarm at night, I'm, <laughs> I'm giving myself, I'm telling myself, this is when I'm going to get up. And then when I don't get up, that's, it feels horrible. Feels Interesting. horrible. Interesting. I, I'll differ with you on the snooze button. Cause then I set my alarm for 6am. What I mean is I'm going to get up at 6.15. So at 6.30, my morning practice begins. That's, ah. the, that's the agreement I make with myself. So I, I anticipate nice. that I can maximum press it twice, but then I have to wake up within the second snooze period. Yeah, but I hear you when I when I sleep word, in. Then it's the your worst. Word to, yeah, yeah. So your word to yourself is to stick to a routine that starts at six thirty. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, so inter interesting I, musings there. I, I enjoy this. This is good. Yeah. Very interesting. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna after this. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go chat with my my girlfriend about it. See what she thinks. But I, yeah, I'm just like I'm just thinking like. The, the masculine part of us, I feel like we're almost defined by that, you know, sticking to your word and your commitments. And it, it's perfectly fine to deviate from a commitment, but the masculine mm -hmm. part of us needs to formally decommit or recommit from that thing. Otherwise, it's devastating. And the feminine part of us should just be free to do whatever it wants, whenever it wants, and is free to completely do 180s in the moment, is the way I see it. And that's part of what it is, I think. But anyway.
Thanks for sharing that. I have another yeah, question yeah. for you. Um, all right, all right. Another bigger term in our society, like what is happiness in your own words? What is happiness for you? Hmm. It's interesting. You know, I, I think at one point I would have felt really strong that that was like, you know, the point of life, you know, either you're happy or you're not. And I don't feel that way anymore. Uh, Cause I feel like um, life inevitably part of the richness of what life is, is to experience things that aren't, that don't feel good. You know, um, I, an example of my, my girlfriend's um, mom had a brain aneurysm about a month and a half ago. She's still in the ICU and not respond. Like, you know, it's a, for everyone involved, it's a horrible scenario. That's not like, there's no happiness involved there. Right. But it's not like, um, I don't believe that part of the point of life is to not be grieving and feeling into what this experience is. It's part of the tapestry of what is, you know? Um, but for me, yeah, ha happiness, how would I define it? It's like, um, hmm, I, you know what? This is going to, this will probably be telling of me in, in many ways. I can tell you what, when I'm happy in life is when I feel like I'm winning. I have, I, I have to feel like I'm winning a game. And uh, I, there's only, there's very few games that I play in my life. You know, I, I train hard, you know, submission, grappling and fighting and teaching. And when I'm improving and learning in that area and um, when I'm, uh, not being bogged down by injuries or, you know, if I have to travel for a while and get out of shape and then start sparring. Now I, I'm feeling lethargic. That's the opposite. That's losing. I get miserable. Um, in my primary relationship, when, when I feel like we're close and spending a lot of time opening to, to one another and in deep connection, I feel like ah, I'm winning. I'm winning the boyfriend game, you know? And when, um, when that's not happening and maybe she's feeling, especially if she's feeling some degree of disappointment or something like that in our relationship, well, she, now I'm losing. That's no good. I'm not happy anymore. I'm miserable. And, uh, and then it's, it's business. You know, I, I set lofty goals and aspirations with regards to the projects and things that we're working on. And um, when those things go beyond our intention or, uh, uh, um, like projections, I'm winning. I'm happy. It's awesome. You know, hey, let's do this million dollar launch. Yeah, yeah. And we do like two and a half million or something. It's like, yes, I'm winning the game of business, you know? Mm -hmm. um, or I'm up on stage teaching something and, and I can tell people are getting it. You know, I'm, I'm not confusing them. I'm, I'm actually helping them in this moment and they're happy and they, you know, give me a standing ovation or whatever. It's like, yes, I'm winning the business game or I'm winning the teaching game. And, uh, but man, when, Yeah, you know, I must have uh, approximately the world's most boring life because I just, there's just those three areas, you know, there's my business, training, 
well, either in those three things, that's what defines mm -hmm. happiness for me. Thanks. Thank you for that answer. And, and I can, it's, 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 yeah, so interesting. I mean, I, uh, Chelsea winning it all three. It's like crazy rare. Did you lose me again? Um, no, you, you, you're, you're there, but you're sounding like a robot a bit. So uh, <laughs> let's, let's not worry too much about it. Um, okay. I'll try one more question. I'll have to edit it now anyway. That's all right. Um, yeah. So my last question for you, Justin, is the question that is on my mind since years and years. And you, you could call me a futurist in that, in that sense, but I'm interested in that notion of the seven generations, how a lot of native cultures around the world refer to families and time and the way they take care of the earth around them. And so I'm curious mm. to hear from people if we as a humanity had a shared 200 year vision, right? Seven generations is roughly 200, 210 years. Hmm. What would your 200 year vision for earth be? Like, what would you hope becomes possible? What do you think is possible? Or what's your, what's your outlook on that? Hmm. <laughs> it's interesting. You know, um, within that amount of time, like 210 years, I, I, I don't know how necessary this is, but I think it'd be super cool if we were able to colonize um, other planets. Um, I think that would be super cool. I, you know, and with the way at the pace at which humanity is um, still growing as far as population goes, heck, that may be necessary um, with regards to resources and stuff. I, you know, my, my main hope is that there's a, um, is that we figure out a way to appropriately distribute resources you know like as an example just obvious stuff like how much resources go into warfare like the fact that it's you know and i don't i don't want to get into blaming people and you know i don't it's sometimes people like to blame the ultra rich or whatever i don't like to necessarily get into that you know um of generalizations of, 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 of individuals, but um, yeah, just the, the sheer ridiculousness of the fact that, you know, can, you know, national budgets, as an example, you know, I got to cutting in education, we're cutting, we're cutting in different social services, yet it's like trillions of dollars go into tanks and planes and munitions and just crazy, you know, and, and the fact that human beings still kill each other over the price of oil and just like think, you know, just not to badmouth Neanderthals, but just pure, you know, Neanderthal type thinking. Um, I would, I would hope that, uh, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier, you know, this idea of this perspective of looking beyond just individuals that are in, in a transaction, you know, like being able to account for, um, you know, for CEOs of oil companies to be able to actually consider and for it to be normal for them to consider the impact, the global impact of decisions they make as opposed to, you know, shareholder value or, you know, the limitation of just focusing on the individuals involved in that exact context. Um, that's my that would be my biggest hope for humanity mm. in, in that time allotment. And um, 
yeah, time will tell. You know, I, I, I'm, uh, I wouldn't, even though, you know, I do what I do and I'm involved in the communities I'm involved in and, and stuff like that, uh, I'm not necessarily one to say that I would bet on that happening, you know, as, as awful as that is to say. Um, you know, we're going to find out. You know, I, I want to play my part and play my role. And we're going to see if humanity has it, we have it within us to, to truly um, move into that, that state of awareness and, and, and consciousness. We'll find out. Well, we may not find out. We may, we'll, we, may be, we may be long gone, but, uh, you know, humanity as a whole will find out. Yeah, and, and so it will be, right? And, and maybe, maybe leave the, the traces and the impact that we desire to leave and, and make. Justin, thank you so much for the time. And thank you for all your like, candid and honest answers. Uh, I hope everyone that was triggered has lots and plenty to think about. <laughs> yeah, you can hit me up on social media somewhere and yeah, say mean things. That's fine. <laughs> call, call me names or whatever. <laughs> first time someone asked for it that's awesome yeah man hey this was super fun i loved your questions i i i love the opportunity just to be surprised and yeah just say whatever's on my mind that was super fun so thank you thank you